listening to Filling the Storehouse podcast. I'm David. And I'm Stuart. And we want to walk with you on the journey to living the abundant life through faith, family, and freedom. Our goal is to refine our why while helping you find yours. Together, achieve our best and highest purpose. In the end, we'll drive each other to intentionally fill our storehouse. Hey, hey, this is Stu. And hey, did you know that as of 2016, there are more than 40.6 million people in modern day slavery, and that the business of human trafficking creates over 150 billion in profit every year. Yes, that's billion with a B. Human trafficking is a global crime that is woven into our lives more than we realize. Trafficking happens every day all over the world, and it affects individuals of every age, ethnicity, and socioeconomic background. Well, our, our friends at Exodus Road say that we believe that justice is in the hands of the ordinary people just like you and everyone has a role to play in bringing freedom to traffic sons and daughters around the world and so do we at storehouse 310 ventures this has become a passion of ours to support exodus road and fight this hideous crime so we've created the storehouse giving fund it's a donor advised fund and uh we hope that us ordinary people can all come together and fight this ridiculous, hideous crime. So join us in the fight against human trafficking. I've put a link in the show notes of this podcast episode to our giving fund. And we would greatly appreciate it if you helped us and just donated a little bit. Seriously, everything, even the smallest amounts count. So go enjoy this episode and go that link in our show notes support us and support Exodus Road. Go fill your storehouse. See you. All right, we are recording and good morning. It is uh, 4 a.m. in Colorado, 6 a.m. on the East Coast. We have two East Coasters with us today. So you guys are lucky. You get to wake, sleep in. You're sleeping in this morning. Hey, uh, Stu, look, yeah. man, you went to bed at 645. Okay. You, you neglected your children and your wife. You're like, I'm going to bed. It's time for me to sleep. And, and you just let them do whatever they do for the next three hours at home. So I don't want to hear it. You've been asleep for the last like 12 hours. It was like 745. Okay. So, yeah. Well, uh, this is filling the storehouse podcast and, uh, we have John Sephoric on today and he wrote an amazing book and we are incredibly excited about, um, diving in, to, to all things Wealthy Gardener. Um, I read this book and, you know, David says I read it in like two years, but really I read it in like two weeks. Um, but uh, it, it was amazing. And um, John, I, I am excited to have you on today. Humbled uh, that you said yes uh, to coming on to our podcast and, uh, and welcome. It's, it's good to see you. Well, thank you, Stu. And, and let me tell you, I'm humbled and uh, honored to be here. Uh, because you guys did read it, you went into it deep, and and I have to uh, back you a little bit that I was in bed at seven thirty last night as well. Yes, uh, <laughs> I'm on some kind of strange sleep cycle right now, where I wake up around two o'clock because I am writing the next book, and okay. I write that book at nighttime when the rest of the world sleeps. It's some of the best writing time I can do, and so uh, no, it's an honor, guys. Uh, I, I I love the. Um, the mission of your podcast. I, I love the, the military people in general. Uh, I always, we had a little pre-talk and I said, 
these are my people. I'm, I'm biased toward, toward my, Ms. You, you said that a person that recommended the book to you was um, ex-Marine. Well, one of my best friends is an ex-Marine and he, he coached my son who was a big part of this book. And I love the influence of that coach, that Marine on my son. So uh, yeah, man, I'm all in and, and thank you for your attention that you've given to the book. I appreciate that. Yeah. And, and one, one uh, point for me, so I, did the audio book and I am going to buy the book. It's too deep. Uh, I'd recommend all our readers just, just read it. You know, if, if audio is the way you consume, awesome, do that. But there are so many nuggets. Like I, I'm sitting there listening to the book and I'm like, Oh man, I need to highlight that. I'm going to get the book and highlight that. I'm going to highlight that. And the, the whole book's going to be highlighted, but uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, it is. Trust me. It is. is. I have like underlines on oh, stars and all kinds of stuff. No, it's... Let me say this. Let me say this about the audiobook. Uh, Dennis Kleinman was the guy that did that, and he, I mean, I made Dennis do that audio. He didn't have a choice. I was going to camp out in his front yard if he didn't do that <laughs> audio, because he was the voice of the of the wealthy gardener. You know, that's a character that's supposed to uh, have a little bit of wisdom and a lot of soul. And Dennis was the man. He almost he won. He was a contender in a national award for that audiobook, uh, in in the biggest the Emmys of audiobooks, wow. right? And he got that audiobook up to number forty six worldwide. He really, really nailed it, and I, I love him forever for the job he did on that. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's an awesome aside because it uh he had very soothing voice as well. Um, but uh, it's, yeah, he didn't it's, have a choice. He didn't know it. But I was I was going to camp out in his yard. <laughs> he was doing that audiobook, and there's no question about it. He just didn't know it yet. I, I don't That's think David will ever get that invite to to be on, be the audiobook guy, like the, the soothing <laughs> voice, like audiobook. Eh, not going to happen. Well, you surely <laughs> won't because people would have to put it on five times speed just for you to you read so slowly. And it's just <laughs> awkward that just to get normal speed, you have to put it up to five. So I don't, I don't think. Uh, all right. All right. It's probably right. not in our future. It's let's, not in our future. Let's get into right? this thing. I can uh, charge more if Stu does it because it's a longer audio book. There you go. Good point. <laughs> Good point. That's brilliant. That's brilliant. Hey, John, can you um can you just tell us a little bit about yourself? I know um you know the the way the book is set up is uh and it, it reminded me of another another uh, military author the way that kind of Jocko writes books. There's an anecdote. There's a story which is completely intriguing. The story that you told, and and then you kind of wrap each section up with with um, a true application to your life. And, and, and I love how you did that, but tell, can you tell us a little bit about just your background and, 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 and why, uh, for our audience, why you wrote the book, which is obvious when you read the book, but what was, I mean, it's a lot of, that's 420 some pages of, of love and motivation that you uh, dedicated. So tell us a little bit about the why behind that. Yeah. You know, I, I, I think that I, well, who am I? Uh, I, <laughs> I, I think one guy once uh, said on a, on a, uh, a review that this is the everyday man's way to wealth. And, you know, I take pride in that. I, I do. I, I came, I come from the blue collar. I take pride in that. Uh, you know, outside of Pittsburgh, my grandfather was a coal miner. Uh, you know, there's not a lot of tougher lives than uh, a, a coal mining in Pennsylvania. You know, he was one of the guys that was actually paid by the company money. He had to spend that money at the company's store. That's where my roots came from. Uh, there's no way out of that life, man. I mean, that's kind of as close as you can get to slavery as possible without it being called slavery. So when my parents, uh, you know, 
got together. You know, we're, we're starting from there. And my parents, they, they moved into a half of a trailer. Uh, so I'm in Western Pennsylvania. They didn't get a whole trailer. They got a half of a trailer. And now my dad's a worker, though. He's got a lot of ambition. And because he has a lot of ambition and because he grows up in a society where your merit can, you know, help you grow into the things you want, because of all these things, hard work counts. He's not in a caste system. He climbed his way out of a social class system and he got himself on on ground. Uh, I watched all that and I didn't feel any lack in my in my upbringing because I'm a kid and I care about football, baseball and, and friends. You know, what do I care? Yeah. Right. But that's where I come from. And so I saw a different I saw the money becoming more and more important in my own life. Probably when I graduate from college and I graduate from chiropractic college at the age of 24 with well, combined with my wife, over $200,000 in student debt uh, in today's dollars. And I don't have one patient and I go into business for myself. And it's just like jumping off of a big cruise ship and getting a big splash and not knowing how to swim. I just wasn't prepared. <laughs> I wasn't. And life all of a sudden, which was great for me, became really hard hard and i had a uh, within a few kids you know, a few years we had kids we had a i had a family we had those 20s where everybody else was having fun i felt nothing but pain uh by the time i'm 30 i know one thing for sure i'm a wage slave and there's no way out man there's just no way out i have this i'm paying for food shelter clothing and this big enormous student debt that nobody can see but me and so at the age of 30, uh, I would say that due to the influence of another book, uh, Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill, which is a classic that everybody's read in this genre, it really affected me and it changed my life. It changed my thinking. This blue collar kid uh, started to be able to think a little bit bigger. And because of that, plans come, goals come, life changes. And over the next 20 years, my goal was to not be a wage slave, not to, to break out of that family mold of uh, going all the way back to my grandfather who was in a coal mine. And I realized that wasn't my reality, but I had about no more choice than he did uh, in a lot of ways. So that was the big thing for me. I just wanted to get out of that, uh, that, that working for money, that uh, no, no direction in my life. That, that feeling of oppression where I don't have choices. I have a family. I have kids. They're going to be going to college. I have nothing to pay for it with. I hated that. I hated that. And so I worked my way out of it. And then my son, <laughs> this is a long, long answer. I'm sorry. This is great. <laughs> At the age of 50, after awesome. I actually achieved my goals, my son is about ready to walk out that same door and go to college. Well, what kind of father would I be if I don't address those kind of issues as he's in college, about ready to prepare for the same freaking fight that I just gave for the last 20 years. That's why I wrote The Wealthy Gardener. Man, that's a challenge. That's a high bar, Stu. What kind of dad, if you don't write <laughs> yeah. an you amazing don't... book for your kid when they leave the house, you suck. <laughs> no, I'm just I'm just going to give my kid The Wealthy Gardener and say, here, hey, it's already done. The, the work was done. Yeah. He said it. He said everything I would want to our, say. Our there friend John hooked us up already. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, man, it's amazing. And I mean, I, I feel like it's a very similar story to to where David and I are in our lives. You know, we've been um, serving in the military. We're, we're almost at retirement. We're at 19 years in the Navy. Uh, we both have young kids and 
you know, maybe, maybe we started a little bit later than you with, with this um, thought process of, of how do we get to where we're, we're financially free, where we can dedicate our time um, and efforts uh, to, to our family's life instead of um, being, you know, being a sl- slave, you know, slaving all, all, all the time for, for money to, to keep, you know, everything, the lights on. Um, and I'm going to, I'm yeah. going to stop you, please. Okay. I'm going to stop you right there because, uh, because here we are. Okay. Right now. I don't care where you are. There's always an X in your life. I don't care. And do you ever go to a park and you say, here you are. And there's a big X right there. That's your X. I'm here. You are yeah. here. There's a big arrow pointing to it. I don't care where you are. We're always somewhere. And you know what? It's like, you're saying there, you know, when people would envy that spot, that X where you guys are, because you are in the military, because you started that and you have a federal pension coming at the end of this. Yeah. You know, many people, I always say that to teachers, I, you know, you, you guys aren't poor. You guys are bad at math because you do realize what that pension is really worth for us out there struggling as entrepreneurs in the real world. For yeah. every million dollars I have in the bank, I'm allowed to take 30,000 out at retirement. That's it. 3% roll, right? Yeah. So these teachers come out to making $60,000 uh, in their pension. I said, well, we, we struggle. We say, stop it. Do you realize what that's worth? Because the passive income you're talking about requires 2 million in the bank for me, yeah. right? And that 2 million bank in the bank has to come into the bank after taxes. So wait, slow down, slow down. And let's, let's just bring it in. You yeah. know, no, you're right. Bring it in. Yeah. And say, okay, wait a minute. Now you're going to have nothing but time. And that's where everybody is. I'm not, I'm not picking on you guys, but everybody has time. The next five years are going to pass. What are you going to do with that time? And it's all about that. You'll, you know, you'll see a big five-year crusade issue in this book, five-year crusade. What's that? It's a, it's giving your time for a worthy cause. Everybody has the next five years coming up. Everybody's going to be at a whole different place in five years. It's about what you do in this five years that determines where you'll be five years later. And that's not too far away. I, yeah. I, I love it. It's like, it's a hundred percent where our minds at. And, and honestly, it, it's a mindset shift. Like it's a mindset, right it is. it's a mindset shift and it's, and then it's taking action on that mindset. And this book is all about not only the mindset, but the action steps that it takes to get there after. And um, I mean, chapter one is all about, you know, impact activity, you call it impact activity. And like, there's a list of like everything that you changed and all of that, doing that daily, consistently, nonstop for, like you said, five years is going to make a huge impact. And um, I mean, it's, it's amazing. And it's like right where we are um, in our journey. Uh, so I, I, I think it's awesome. You know, still what, what, uh, what I've heard in the past three years, or however long it's been since that book is over, is, is people say, well, yeah, if I were able to get my life all together and my mindset all together and do all the things you're talking about, well, yeah, of course I would double my income. Of course I would get my game on. Of course I would change my life in five years, but who can keep it all together? And, you know, I, I've had a lot of requests for, like a, a more action-oriented step-by-step book. And that has really forced me to go deep into my own book and my own life and even get it more clear. And I can tell you this, that uh, one of the things that really uh, helps get it all together, the mindset, the actions and everything like this, 
is one of the things that I do every day is I call it mindsetting. Whereas people just review goals. I actually, I actually made a, make a recording of all the things I want to impress in my mind. And I listen to those things. Uh, it's, it's like a mindsetting brainwashing every day of my life. That was never not a part of my life. A lot of things changed all throughout my life, but I had to incorporate a lazy way to get it all together and to keep like, how do you keep your goals in front of you on your worst day? How do you not quit? Everybody quits. How do you keep your, yourself doing the actions that you know you should do, whether you feel like doing them or not? Everybody quits. And that's the problem. The execution doesn't match the intention. And I, I just think we got to figure out a way to keep our heads straight because that's what leads to the execution. You know, it's, it's, it's always about the mindset leading to the thoughts, leading to the actions, and then not getting burned out and beat up and tired so that you quit always. So it's, uh, the, the, one of the things I always did was kept it all in front of me on my worst days, listening to uh, exercise. I exercise and listen to a mindset statement. I call it mindsetting. Awesome. That is, that is incredible. And I'll tell you, I, I actually, I hadn't heard, um, you know, you, you always, people reference the, uh, Bill Gates quote of people underestimate. And actually you put it in your book as well. People under, uh, overestimate what they can do in a year, underestimate what they can do in 10 years. And there's always like this 10 year timeline. I'd never heard of the five year kind of the five year crusade, the way you break that down. I'll tell you, it brought me immense hope because I, as I was looking at that, I'm like, man, that's five years is, is not, I just, it's never been said. I've never heard it. I've never read it. So I've never framed it in my mind because it's such an achievable amount of time. And, and it's really, um, it, I, I don't know what it did. It did something to me as I was listening to the book and it really, it, it brought me great hope. And, and because I feel me particular, like Stu and I are, are beautiful business partners because I'm like, I, sometimes it's like a shotgun right? A shotgun blast. It's not a laser focus and all over the place. And Stu always says I'm chasing squirrels. And there's a lot of element to that. That's, that's true. But, but that statement and kind of envisioning the, the next five years was really, really formative and helpful to me. I, I tell you, this book has been amazing, but, but that piece in particular helped me to see, okay, all this stuff that's going on as we kind of hone this down and, and focus yeah, five years is not a, it's not a long wow. time. And you give people permission. You gave me permission to realize that in five years, things are going to be vastly different. And I don't always have to be focused at that 10 year goal to have all my stuff in one sock. Listen, ambitious people, people always say, well, you know, people don't want to sacrifice. People don't want to work hard in today's age. Millennials, they're entitled. You hear all this crap. People just want to know the deal. They will do it. Ambitious people will do it, but they got to know the deal. And the deal is not forever. There's a temporary sacrifice. When you guys go, I always bring it back to an, a, a, a battle, a battle mindset. If you go on a mission, you're not talking about, I'm going to go into Iraq and in 20 years win. No, you're going to talk about a mission. You're going to get in. You're going to define it. You're going to say, what? you're going to have an exit strategy. Okay. And you're going to expect to win. But, and you're going to give it all, but you're going to do it for five years, five years. And I heard that over and over and over. And if we all look back in our lives, I promise you that you can look back five years and God, you have a whole new life right now. I know you do. I, you have different people in your life. You have different things you were thinking about. What age were you five years ago? Just do a mental thought process. What age were you? I was 50. 
All right. I'm 55 right now. Well, hell, I'm not even, I wasn't even done with the book. I wasn't even done with the book. I mean, I'm in the middle of not even know if I'm wasting my time outside of it's just between me and my son. And that's enough for me. Right. But I didn't know I'd be talking to you guys because, and I didn't know I'd be talking to somebody in Hawaii or I didn't know I'd, I'd have 10 different language translations of a book. I didn't foresee that. That's crazy. I was writing a book for my son, but five years ago, I didn't see that. I was just doing the best I could do in that day right? And it leads to things. It leads to things. It's all you can do is the best you can do in the time you're given. That's all we got. We can't waste time. We can't waste money. Everything else takes care of itself. And if you say about five years, you're not, you're, you're not alone with that. Uh, I'll show you this on your screen here. If you can see this, yeah. right? Can you read this? Yep. So this is now, this isn't meant to be a plug. This is meant to be, yeah, everybody said that. They said, well, uh, the five-year crusade, the five-year mission, the five-year, it's like, and it, to me, it's like, well, isn't that obvious? You know, because that's just how my life played out. I always had this picture on my wall of a pier and the pier went into this really steel pond and it's, it's back here in my sauna room. When I walk in, I see it every day. And I, I, I have this vision of this peer. And that peer to me represents the next five years of my life. Now, do you think I, at 55 right now, know what my life will look like at 60? I don't. But it's my job to make the best use of that peer and get to the end of it. And when I get to the end of that peer, I'll think about what I want then because I'm not even capable of predicting where I'll be or how I'll think when I'm standing at the end of that next five years. And so what's important to me is to use the time you got. You got, you know, you talked about coming in here with a, a, a guy who referred you the book was a Marine who had uh, a condition. Uh, maybe there was a, a, a limited amount of time he has. Well, it's a good framework for all of us to think of our lives like that. And I think that it was, it's, uh, there's a quote in the book that says about a, uh, we should be told at the start of our life that we are dying uh, and then we'll use yeah. every moment to the fullest. And it's true. We are dying. We're all terminal. But right. let's talk about this. We have five years and let's use those because our family needs us to, you know, our, we need to, we have our full potential ahead of us And the next five years is all we got. That's it. Focus there, awesome. compartmentalize. That's awesome. You know, I'm, I'm curious, kind of take a step back for, for when this journey for you started. And, you know, you, you said you, you read the book, uh, Think and Go Rich. And um, you know, was there a mentor? Was there somebody that, that said, hey, John, do this? Um, or like, how, how did you kind of figure out all of these impact activities that they used to, I mean, was it just like, all right, one day I'm going to start meditating. I'm going to start, you know, exercising daily. I'm going to start, I'm going to cut out alcohol. I'm going to do affirmations. Like I'm going to do all this stuff. Like what was that journey like in that process when you got started? I, I think that most journeys do start with um, discontentment. Uh, I'm a big believer in discontentment. Uh, people say, well, now be content with your life and appreciate with what you have. And I'm all for that. You can live a very miserable existence if, you're not, if you don't appreciate what you have. Yeah. Uh, but I do believe in being a little unsettled and facing the conditions that actually uh, give you a little bit of discontentment. That's the start of things. So I can remember, I can recall walking through a bookstore 
uh, in a state of discontentment, reading titles. What the hell do I know? Uh, I'm just yeah. looking, reading titles. I'm not a big book reader at that time. And uh, the title jumped off at me, Think and Grow Rich. It seemed, it seemed to be more intriguing than a title of Be Rich, you know? Think and Grow Rich. What does that mean? That, yeah. that intrigues me, right? Yeah. Uh, maybe that's a little more intellectual than the stupid finance books out there that just tell you to be rich and make you feel like an idiot if you're not. So <laughs> think and grow rich. What's that all about? And then it, it had a deeper theme. Napoleon Hill writes with a deeper, um, a deeper texture. I would say that it reached me and I was hanging on every word. I remember reading that book in the presence of family and family told me this. Oh, that's the devil. That's the devil. And you reading a book like that. Okay, hmm. I come from a pretty strong Catholic heritage where I had to get rid of some of those beliefs that I took on early in life. That's the devil in me. I say, no, that's that's not the devil in me. That's the potential in me. And that's that's what I've had to understand. That's my ambition. Where did the rest of it come from? Uh, it comes from struggling, man. You know, it comes from struggling over years. So, you know, you don't learn much by, you can learn through reading books, but you you know, you learn by going to war. One of my, one of, you know, talking to military guys, you guys will get this. I, in the book, I say that uh, it, it almost feels like I, if I want to understand a battle, I won't talk to a historian. I'll talk to a soldier. I want to talk to the guy who was in it, man. Yeah. And that's what I felt like I could bring to the table. Okay. Screw the theories. Don't talk to me about what you think is right because you read books, because you because you studied this and because you're a, a proficient speaker far better than me. Don't talk to me about that. Talk to me about what that battle was like and what you had to overcome. And so it was a synthesis of it, of being in battle. That, that's where all the lessons came from. I'm just telling my story, man. I'm not making anything up. So whenever I, there might be a whole crap load of lessons, you might say, holy cow, look at all this. Well, it's nothing I didn't live. That's all. Wow. Yeah. I don't know why it just brought to mind the, uh, the story in the book where the, the wealthy gardener is going on a run with Jimmy and uh, at the conclusion of the run, Jimmy's all, he's a young guy. He's all tired and he's, he's uh, you know, the old gardener is like, Hey man, seems like you're breathing kind of hard. He goes, well, yeah, but you've had a century to train. <laughs> and I, I, I love that line because it's so appropriate to what you're saying because there's also there's two elements there. There's one to to not to not miss out on any of the experiences that you've had. So you have a lifetime of these experiences. It, it, we'd be remiss if we don't actually think on those, meditate on those, learn from those experiences. As you say, that you know that we've been through not just the experiences of others that we've read, but our own experiences, and then learn and grow from those. And the, even more importantly, I think is what you've done. And Stu and I talk about this all the time about our desire to write a book, but you've taken those and you very creatively and beautifully put them into a book for other people to enjoy, be mentored by, learn from, and and grow. And I think that 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 action is 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 amazing. And that's where you know I, I'm kind of my question is how do you how do you make that transition? Like how do you do the the first steps of, of the transition from, you know, chiropractor to, to author, right? Like, because yeah. that's where I'm, I'm kind of struggling with the whole just writing and, and there's excuses in that. And I know you'll call me on it, but 
but the time to sit down, but the content too is so like I, what, what I focus on is the structure of your book, all the quotes, all the obvious research that went into it and just the, the flow, which requires a tremendous amount of skill to just do that is, you know, that's where my, I get wrapped up on like, man, how did he do that? How did he make that jump? What is, is it just a natural born skill? I don't think so. You know, what, what no, caused that shift I never, in your mind? I can tell you this. I think it's really dangerous if you ever, ever come close to, tr to trusting skill as the reason for why you'll be successful. I, I just don't believe in it. Uh, I, you know, it's the whole growth mindset, fixed mindset stuff. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, you can read the book mindset on that. Uh, but I never did. I, I always had the advantage. I will always say I always had the advantage of feeling like I was very, very average. And when you have a lot of average in you, you have to trust then a lot of work. You know, what makes, what, what can, okay, if you have one leg and you're in a race, you got to learn to jump faster. Okay. That's how it is. And so what, what brings you to the point where you can be an author? Uh, well, I know one thing you, you have to study other authors. You have to read books on reading. I was, this book is not only a fiction book, uh, a nonfiction book, but it also has fictional elements. So I had to study plot points. I had to study what uh, John Grisham did. Uh, I had to, like, people don't understand. Like, I didn't just write a book. Uh, I, 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 went to, I went to bat educating myself so that I could write an experience that was worthy. Uh, plot points. I had to learn about uh, what books, how, how you write screenplays, because those are the best books, the ones that will actually show, not tell. Quit preaching, show, show, show. Yeah. So there was an education. Now, what am I talking about? How did I get into real estate? There's an education. Well, I don't know how to get into, I don't know how to do real estate. Well, how do you learn how to, you study real estate? How do you learn how to become a practice? Well, you study chiropractic. How do you learn how to become an author? Well, you study it, you study it, you study it. So like, we all have this 40 hour work week where we, we just, that's the price we, we pay to stay alive on planet earth. Well, what about the other hours, the other 80 hours a week that we have? Uh, do we have to throw those away? I mean, we're just talking about which, which of those hours are we wasting? Which are the ones we're wasting? Let's just use those ones. I'm not talking about taking time from your family. I'm talking about taking time away from Twitter, taking time away from social media. I'm talking about the wasted hours, not the family hours. Let's That's where all your friends hours, are. Turn them your, into important hours. All your 500 friends are on Facebook, right? Those are your yeah. friends. Yeah. So that's where you find the time for education. And, and you know, you, a lot of those things, okay, I'm listening while I'm doing work, mundane activities. Uh, let's say, let's say that you got to do, you got to do crap work of life, shallow things, do the laundry. You can be learning about plot points. You can be learning about structure of writing. You can be learning about whatever the hell it is that you're after. There's an education process there. Without the education, you're powerless powerless that's how you do it so good and then and then you take action after it yeah sure because the education leads to strategic action people say well you know how you write you put your ass in a in a chair and you start writing well yeah that's how you put string words together but it doesn't mean that anybody's going to want to hear you yeah okay, so <laughs> yeah anybody could write a book i get it but you know <laughs> who wants to read it except for your mother that's the question yeah. uh so 
yeah, there's an education. Sure, there's a competence level of you guys doing this podcast. You know, I mean, you start with a certain, uh, you know, likability. You know, uh, not that either of you guys have that. Uh, no, especially Stuart. And, and I thank you for thank you for being honest. We appreciate it. <laughs> I, I see how you pick on each other, and I'm hoping I can join in here. That's good. Uh, that's all. So, no, it's 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 education, guys, and yeah. education comes from getting rid of wasted time. I, and there's no question about that, because then you start to feel empowered to take those actions, you know, preparation, confidence, you know, you don't sit there and think I can, I can, I can, I can. You, sometimes before you go into battle, you learn how to battle and that's where the confidence comes from, you know? Yeah, but, you know, and, but there's in, in the real estate world, at least, um, and I think this is in business world and in, in, in general, but there's there's a lot of people that just educate, 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 educate and never actually take the steps after education to jump in at some point. And that's scary, right? Like it's, it's scary to jump in because you, know, you don't know what mistakes are going to come or what failures are going to come. Um, yeah. and, you know, I, I, uh, I don't know if really this is even a question, but like where, where do you have to draw the line between educate, educate, and then actually going and doing it? Yeah. I hear you. I hear you. I, how do you motivate yourself to take the actions when you're scared or, or how do you, how do you get past those barriers? Uh, you know, all I can tell you is I wrote a book on it. Uh, hopefully it <laughs> would give you a mindset change. Uh, yeah. It really does come down. People say, they always say mindset, mindset. Well, what is mindset? What is mindset? You know? And I, I say, well, you got to be able to answer a few questions. Like, what do you really want? What do you really want? I mean, you really have to answer that. And you have to answer uh, why you want it. Uh, I mean, these things aren't, aren't just like philosophical points. Why do you want it? Uh, what are you willing to give for it? What are you have to decide on that sacrifice ahead of time? Yeah. What are you willing to give for it? Are you willing to walk into that discomfort or aren't you? Because it, those, those questions do matter and they matter a lot. If you don't get yourself clear on those things, another one is, uh, you know, who do you think you are? I, I would say that's a big one, uh, Stu. I would say that's an enormous one. Who do you really think you are? When you're asking that question, uh, you know, you're usually at a good place, meaning you're, you're, you're challenging yourself. Well, who do you think you are? You know, I didn't tell anybody about real estate until I had 20 properties because they didn't think I was that person that could do it. And so I didn't really want to hear their opinions of me. You know, that's, that's how it is. Who do they think I am? They think I'm a chiropractor. And then once I'm a real estate guy, they, I'm not telling people I'm writing a book because I don't want to hear their opinions. They think I'm a real estate guy. Now, everybody doesn't think you can do what you haven't done before, including yourself. And so, you know, you have to kind of convince yourself and how do you do that? Well, you can do it deliberately. I don't know how else to do it outside of do things deliberately to change your mindset. So I repeat the affirmations. Yeah, yeah. Do I do that? Sure. Do I tell myself, John, with enough work, you know, you can do this. Yeah, I'm the guy who does it. Because, you know, if I don't tell myself that, nobody else does. So in the times when I'm ready to pull that trigger and I don't feel like I can do it, I tell myself I can do it. Sure. It's just like a sporting event. You know, if, if you guys, a lot of military people are sports guys. I played sports all my life. I could score 30 points a game 
sometimes, but only when my mind was right, man, I had to go in there and feel invincible. I had to bring it. It wasn't a thing where you walk on and say, well, I hope I'm going to win today. No, that doesn't yeah. do it, man. That gets you on the bench. You know, you have to bring that attitude. And, and how do you do that? Well, look at LeBron James, best player out there right now. He's closing his eyes before games. What's he doing? He's doing what we're talking about. And he's better than the rest of us. So it's not a, it's not a gift. That's something you leave the chance. You spend time building mindset and that brings you into action. That's, that's what I say. Well, that's what I've done. At least, you know, I can speak for myself. So good. Yeah. That, that is awesome. And there are a couple of things that you said, and we could spend hours just on this, but you know, <laughs> yeah. Stu and I are super passionate about mindset you know, the, but what I love is, is how, how intentional that it has been in your life and how you highlight that it's not a mindset is not, okay, go read, you know, Carol Dowick's book and, and then, um, you know, cultivate, uh, you know, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm a, I'm a growth mindset person. Cause I say it, no, it is, there are action items or intentional, uh, activities. There are exercises just like you do, you know, yeah. curls, there are mental mental curls. Stu, probably a bad analogy. Um, I can't even think of a workout that you'd, you'd be good I at. Got, but I got a bum shoulder. Yeah, I got a bum shoulder. But uh, but the the actual activity and action to develop that mindset. And then another one that you said, and I think today in today's culture, especially, um, in a lot of, I, I'm struggling with how to address this within my family. Um, but the, the primacy of others' opinions in our life is so strong and it's so prevalent, but it's so unnecessary and it really is inconsequential. What, what somebody thinks about what your opinion or who I am, what I look like, what Stu smells like, like that is completely inconsequential to my potential and to my future growth and what I can become. And it, it more than anything, it hampers it. It's a, it's a barrier to my success. And I love that you said that and highlighted that because to not address that is, is critical. And, and you, you address it through action, which I absolutely love. This is, it just, it really resonated with me. So, well, and there's another thing, that. there's another thing, Dave, that, that, that comes to mind also is, is just uh, delay this delayed gratification that nobody has it. You know, like everything needs to be immediate right now. Like everything is immediacy. Um, you gotta, you gotta get it now. You gotta get your Amazon now. You gotta do, you know, fast food now. And, and like this delayed gratification, it seems like it's just completely gone away. And how do you, how do you, all this stuff like um, kind of comes into this book and how you teach your kids about that. Cause John, we're, we're, you know, we got, we got young kids, like we want to impact their lives in a way that, that they grow up um, different from, what's happening kind of in, in society right now. You know, we're always talking about lessons. And if you look behind me, you'll see where I wrote this book, where I did this, and you'll see quotes all over the place, right? Oh, yeah, so like my awesome. book is a reflection cool. of my life, right? And people say, well, why do you put quotes everywhere? And I always say, well, I'm so dumb, I can't remember them. That's why. <laughs> and I, so I have to keep things in front of me nonstop. And it's exactly what you said as far as, uh, you know, you're a talker or you're a doer. So people talk about this whole idea of mindset. Well, that's a lot of talk until you're doing something. And people say that, you know, so what do you do? How do you do? Well, how do you do? If you're not, if you're not actively working on your mindset, you're a talker. Oh, well, how do you do that? 
how do you do it? Well, how do I do it when I'm going to walk on a basketball court? I think, okay, John, you're going to focus. You're going to play one minute at a time. You're going to play, you know, you tell yourself this, you talk to yourself. Those people in my life, I can tell you this, that, uh, that may not have been part of my fullest potential. Coming back to that point, uh, a lot of those people had to get less of my time. Let's put it that way. Okay. Uh, a lot of, a lot of my time I spent with people who were, uh, who would encourage my fullest potential. And I, and, and now you say, well, that must be nice to be surrounded by a bunch of those people. No, 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 no. A lot of the people that got my time were, I always, in my book, I'll call them dead people. They were authors from the past, but you can commune with those people and you can really, you know, some of the biggest influences of my life were dead people. They were, they were people that came and wrote books that helped me so much long after they stopped breathing and they became yeah. my inner circle. They really have. Uh, now, I didn't exclude family out of my life that were, that were negative, but I would just put a little wall up and I would say, you might not be fit for my goals. I might not have to uh, express that to you, including my own dad, okay? I might not tell you exactly what my goals are because you don't have a, that belief in me. I'll tell you another thing. And you know, I, from a point of a book, one of the frustrations with me is the people always think you have it all together, right? Like, look at this guy, he's got it all together. If I could have it all together, I could be, no, man. You know, you're, you're struggling, you're, you're on your own battle, over and over and over, learning your lessons over and over and over. And so I was getting to the point where I was right, ready to write a book, let's just say recently. And I said, I was ready to publish that book. And I was struggling with that, man. I was okay with me and my son being involved with this Wealthy Gardener book. But what about bringing it public? What about that? Because there's a lot of private stuff in that book between a father and son, right? Yeah. That I might not have revealed if I was going public from the start. And so with a lot of my innermost beliefs, what about that? Well, I'm insecure. Okay. Plain and simple. Let me just say it. I'm nervous about that. I'm concerned what other people are going to think. They're going to think I'm a lunatic. I believe, I believe that if I put my full faith and potential on a goal that Harmonious events and coincidences do come into play, and I'll back it with my experiences. I'll say things like that, that people can look at that and ridicule and judge and, and malign. So I'm sitting here. What do I do? And my son comes back and slaps me right across the face. He says, I'll tell you what, Dad, you know, how about, how about all those, those people you read about the biographies, the ones that you have on your wall, mm. the, the, the Napoleon Hills, the Earl Nightingales? Theodore Roosevelt, what would those guys say about you not writing that book? Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. Wow. How humbling. You're right, Mike. <laughs> You're right. You're right. And so he convinced me to write that book. That's and awesome. I, I get choked up a little thinking about it because <laughs> so here's when I was weak and the guy I wrote the book for helped me. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. That is amazing. Wow. Yeah, you got me a little bit yeah. fired up here. That's, uh, <laughs> you know, it's, I think that's a perfect segue. I want to ask about your son. Uh, you know, this, this work was dedicated to him and, and uh, you know, what, what, how, how did he receive it? What is he, what is he doing? Like, what's the, what's the outcome of the book on his life? 
So my son and I just had one of those the fortunate relationships. Uh, you know, it's sometimes there's a little bit of luck involved in, in your kids and your relationship and that sort of thing. You know, it's uh, for all of us parents out there. We, we all know that, uh, you know, kids come through us, not from us. Uh, they kind of come through a sliding board and we they come out. Uh, they come out <laughs> differently. They, some, yeah. He was one who had the ability to uh, uh, to connect with me on a, on a, on these kind of ideas. And so for him, when I ask him about that question, he'll say, well, this was just kind of a continuum for me because we always talked about important things. Uh, we always did. We always had this shared um, ability to, or desire to want to talk about ideas, uh, important things, you know, not about, I, I'm, I'm not judging anything, the sports or whatever, but we would talk about ideas. And so for him, it was a continuum. Uh, he, he took it graciously. I asked him to be a set of eyes to judge it. I said, I'm thinking of doing this. I said, I'd like you and me to work together. Uh, maybe I was a little dishonest, uh, slightly to him, but you gotta be a little dishonest whenever you're dealing with your kids there. They'll be dishonest with you. It's fair. I said, (laughs) I'm going to write a book and I would like to, I would like you to put your eyes on this and keep me from making a fool of myself. Well, approaching it that way, I'm asking him for help, aren't I? Yeah, right. And he, there's nobody that reads every word of your book like an editor. So I would send these things off to him. He would send them back on Sundays, and we would have a discussion uh, while he was in college. And what is what a, what a special time that was for a father son. And That's so awesome. he would actually edit, and he would say, "Well, I would say I, I would tell him I'm looking for criticism. I'm looking for lack of clarity. Where do you, don't you understand something?" And we would sometimes argue things out. Wow, that's perfect, you know. So what? That's how it happened. That's how he came on board and stayed on board. And I had to keep him on board because of the story. I felt like I couldn't just give him a recipe and just ask him to study finance nonstop. I had to give him a book to really engage him. And so that's that's how it all came to be. And I wanted to show him examples of these characters of good decisions and bad. That was important. I felt like I could build the mindset if a person could go through the book and experience my experiences of life, then you kind of have, or you're, you're battle tested yourself, kind of, you know, you have the experience, you can do it again. And so that was important to me. Uh, long story short, he graduated, got a great job uh, as far as earning potential. He became an investment banker. He, at the age of 26, is able to save more than I was able to save at the age of 40. Uh, he's rolling, uh, financially, he's looking to the next level, uh, as you know, the, 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 it's for him, he's doing what I would hope he would be doing. He's using the twenties for progress. He's building a power base. He does study, uh, you know, in his free hours as well. So he's building a power base, a big power base is money. So he's saving and saving and saving and saving during these five years i don't think he wants to be an investment banker forever but i'll tell you what you'll have a hell of a lot greater options and opportunities because of the banked money after these five years to choose to have the power to choose at that point he doesn't know what's at the end of his own peer and that's okay that's the way it should be just use the next five years so good i'm curious before before that, like when he was in college, you know, David and I have younger kids. I have a six-year-old daughter and a three-year-old boy. And David and I talk all the time about the intentionality of, of 
teaching our kids these values. And um, I'm curious if, if there was any, I guess, planned uh, intentionality with you, you know, kind of walking through your kids' lives and, and, you know, bringing them alongside with you along the way and having them go check out your, your rental properties and, um, you know, kind of teach these things along the way. Was there any kind of, uh, absolutely uh, plans to absolutely. that? You know, Stu, it's, it's, it, it's a, a question that can, that opens up, a, a something very important to me, um, because here's the challenge, right? The more you love the kids, the more you care about your family, we're in this crucible where we, we don't know what to do because we, the more you want to care for them and be responsible, that means the more you're going to leave your house, go out there, make them, make them money to provide for them. Mm. And so what do you do? Sit around on the couch because you love your kids, or do you get out there and earn and show them sacrifice and give them uh, the kind of, you know, opportunities because of your own sacrifices, let them witness it for you. One of the things that mattered most to me is I was sacrificing because I would work a 40 hour week. I would then go into my free hours and give another 20. At least I was learning a lot, a lot of dead time. They saw, they saw sacrifice. It's only a 60 hour week. Guys. It's only half of our, half of our life still at a 60 yeah. hour week, but still I needed him to understand the sacrifice and the greatest education I could give him was for me to be honest to not be the dad who sits around us and acts like he's almighty. I told my kids and my wife all the time what my greatest fears were. My fears, man. I wasn't doing this because I was a great warrior. Sometimes I was just scared shitless, okay? I was afraid of the future because I, uh, I, was, I was in chiropractic and insurance was uh, shrinking. At the time, my kids were growing older. And so I'm making less after 10 years in chiropractic than I did on the first day. Every year I make less and less and less in a profession. I'm scared, okay? I'm scared. Yeah. I want you to understand that because your dad's scared, this is what I'm doing. Okay, this is the opportunity I think is gonna work. Let me show you how it works. Oh shit, let me show you how it didn't and why. And so it was an education. My life for them was an education and it was only an education because I shared everything. There's yeah. not one thing not one thing I held back from my kids and my wife. And it wasn't about making me a big guy. It was about showing them how this real life works so that when they get out there and take a punch in the teeth and they lose a few of those teeth, they say, oh, that's normal. I lost yeah. some teeth and now I'm going to keep going. It's called resilience. And they learned the process of, of, of pain, of suffering and sacrifice and, and, and winning uh, and losing. And not, but not losing forever through that whole process of watching me. So yeah, complete 100% transparency. That mm. was crucial for me. And that was the lessons I, I've hopefully gave to my kids where they can understand that life is easier if you choose a struggle, if you choose to fight. I love that. And I think it's so, it's something that, you know, again, Stu and I talk about all the time is how do we make our kids tougher, not, not because I don't want them to be crybabies. No, it has nothing to do with it is it's because we observe from our positions in leadership in the military, that there's a shift, there's a change um, where a lot of our, our, our sailors or those we serve with, they, they don't, the, the resiliency is different. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that there's not a, um, that experiencing losing, which is a great lesson is something that we as 
a society with handing tro- trophies out and I'm not being critical and I'm not judging. Everybody gets a trophy. There's, there's an impact. There's a psychological impact. And Carol right. Dywick hits it beautifully and how she talks about when you lower the standards to make somebody feel better, you're not doing them a favor. You're actually crippling them. And, and so, uh, you know, I love how you, how you say that. And, and Stu and I talk about the honesty with our kids and like, you know, my desires by the t- time I, my daughter enters high school, that I take her through a, a real estate transaction, that she has a rental property with the money that we're saving, that she understands the value because money is one of those subjects that we didn't grow up talking about. And, uh. and a lot of our parents are like, no, I don't want to talk about this. I'm like, no, I want to talk about this. I want to have this experience because it is what makes the world go around. And if you don't understand that it's a tool, just like a hammer, then you're missing out. And I've, I'm, I'm remiss as a father for not teaching you that lesson just by a conversation. You're going to, if you don't, you're going to have a kid like me who graduates from college, looks like you got the world by the balls and finds out that this kid is the most unprepared person at the age of 24 to handle those responsibilities in life than anybody you could imagine. And that person is going to go through so much struggle and so much pain because you as a parent didn't sit down and help to prepare them and show them what you're going through. Okay. That's what I did not want for my kids. I didn't want that pain. And so I wanted them to understand uh, some things about finances, some things about winning and losing. You know, I I love the, if you guys ever watched the Sylvester Stallone quote, it's one of my favorite quotes where he's talking to his son and he says, it's not about how hard you can punch. It's about how hard you can take a punch and keep moving forward. Uh, you know, if you don't, if you never saw that, just freaking yeah. YouTube that one. Good. Uh, it, he nails that. And it's, it's to me, show me a person that can take a bat to the head and keep moving forward. And I'll put my money on that person and not even flinch ever. That's who's going to win. That's, that's the game. Who can move forward with the big punch? It's really the whole key to resilience. And then you have to keep on, you know, becoming more and more effective. It's not the whole game. It's just, you can't win without that aspect figured out. Yeah. yeah. You got you to take the failures and learn from them and grow and just keep yeah. on moving. And consider it normal. Consider it normal. Yeah. It's a good yeah. thing it is It is normal for Stu and I. So yeah. we're, we're yeah. very resilient. It's normal for everybody, guys. <laughs> I know you're kidding, but it is. It yeah. is. Uh, yeah. and, and you know, here's the thing. Like, You might want to talk to your kids about why you're doing this podcast. You don't need to do this. This isn't a need. You don't need it. You know, those are the kind of things, man. I mean, look at you. That What a, what a great example it is for them. You you guys have your, uh, your, your livelihood income. You're also doing this. And you know, you're, you, you mentioned you're also talking about writing your own book. Why? You know, you're bringing your kids into that. And, they'll, yeah. and then all of a sudden, they'll see what ambition looks like. They'll see what striving looks like in your free hours instead of sitting there watching, you know, your fifth science field in a road. You know, it just doesn't, they'll see by example. I mean, what a great example you guys are being for the kids if you let them in. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah, that's yep. good. That's so awesome. My, my brain is stirring big time right now. It's, this is good. Dude, I'm about You're to uh, send You're a text great. into work and say, I'm going to be in a podcast all day. Yeah. Right. <laughs> go let John out of here. Yeah. No. Uh, go ahead, hey John, uh, just, I just want to encourage you real quick as we kind of get close to, to time and Stu's question. Um, but hey, I want to thank you and encourage you. I think, you know, Stu and I don't, we're not, uh, 
you know, the fluffy type of folks that just pass out compliments and we don't withhold them at all, but we don't, you know, uh, blow smoke. And, and I will tell you that this book has been, and soon I've been talking about it for days um, <laughs> and it just has been so formative. It's been very uh, time appropriate and time impactful for, uh, for me, I can't speak to Stu. I know it has for Stu. I don't want to speak for Stu, but, um, but I, I just want to thank you for taking the time and giving the world this book because it has really been something that I will continue to go back and reference and, and dig into because it's been challenging. It's grown me. And, and I will just say that, that I think, I truly think the Lord blessed you through this process of putting these words on the page for, for your son that, that is, I, I can honestly say has impacted a number of people's lives without, without any question. And so it, it's just uh, extremely meaningful for me that, that, that you would join a couple of knuckleheads like us. Uh, and, and the fact that, that, you know, for all of our listeners, you have to go get this book because it is, it is so powerful. And I just want to thank you for, for uh, doing that and encourage you that it's going to continue to make waves long after, you know, there's going to be quotes from your book on somebody's wall long after you stop breathing as well. So thank you for that. Thank you. Thank you. And, uh, and, and I would say this, that uh, it's, it's an honor to be here as well. And when you say, uh, you know, thank you for coming on a podcast with, with uh, guys like us, you're my guys. You're the kind of guys that I, I am. Okay. That's how it's done. And so uh, to me, I mean, I, I can tell you this, um, I, I have eagerly wanted to be on your podcast because you guys had read the books. What you might not know is a lot of the competition of podcasters, they don't even take the time to do that. And so like, that's, that's, that's who you are. You know, keep in mind that you're the audience listening to you guys, you guys are doing the background work. That's quality. It's, it's, it's a difference compared to the industry standard. I can tell you that. And so uh, for, for me to talk to some guys that are involved with the military, doing things, raising families, doing that, man, you're my people. Of course, I'm <laughs> going to talk to you. <laughs> well, we appreciate it, John. It's, it's been, it's been fun. And hopefully we, you know, we were able to continue to talk to you. We'd love to yeah. um, continue to pick your brain and um, have you as a mentor to us. Um, but uh, how do, how do people, what's the best way for folks to get in touch with you if, if they want to reach out? So here's what's different about me. Yeah. <laughs> I always say, I'm not looking for you to get a hold of me. Uh, I, <laughs> That's you know, I, I, I'm not the I love guy it. that's I love it. out there shouting, right? I'm not that guy. I wrote a book for my son. I would say that what what I would like to do uh, in the future, I have I have my own design on where this is going in the next five years. I have to first finish this next book, right? The twelve rules uh, to prosper in five years. 12 rolls, five years. It's a system. It's a book on a system. You got military guys. I love it. It's a system yeah. you cannot get out of. It's going to show you accountability. There's a score. And if you don't get the score, there's nowhere to hide. All right. It's execution. This next book is all about that. And I'm about three weeks away. And nice. And I would That's say awesome. this, that uh, it's really rare for me to do a podcast while I'm writing a book because I go into a rock, man. I don't compartmentalize. I isolate. I don't, I drop the ball on everything else in my life. Whenever <laughs> I write a book, I'm terrible. I have so many unpaid bills right now for real estate. I have people squawking. I ignore it all. But, but I, so understand, I, I, I pulled yeah. out of my rock. I came out of my cave to talk to you guys. Hey, wow. That's uh, an honor. Awesome. That said, Thank I've you. been I've been I've been writing since two o'clock last night. Oh man! 
so after that's done, and I have to finish that before I can even think, is I want I have a website coming up called the Wealthy Bookheads, and okay. it's it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be the Wealthy Bookheads to me. This is my vision at least that. Everybody always asks me what's, what books I should read. And I'm an author, right? And I always say, well, I'm a reader. And I always tell people about books nonstop. So how about if I highlight the best people? Mm. I've already talked to these, these authors that are nationally famous, worldwide famous. They always say yes to me. I always say, well, how about if I interview you? I, I'd like to pick your brain on this uh, because I have a question. They say yes. So the wealthy bookheads to me could be a, a resource where we do podcasts, maybe like what you're doing. I would definitely do book reviews. I would definitely do those kind of things where it's a resource where you can come together like a library of the best books. I see that in my future. Uh, so that's what I would like to see that's happen. Awesome. Uh, Sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, that's great. I think so. And you know, I don't usually use that word fun often. It sounds like fun to me, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It sounds like balance for once to me. It sounds like those things. So that's good. I have 110 rental properties too. So when I say balance, I'm, that's, uh, that's, in the, that's in the mix here, you know? Yeah. That's good so, stuff. Awesome. Well, John, awesome. we, we have, we, man, we are humbled that you, that you said yes to come on our podcast. Uh, I can't I'll wait. Yes every t- I'll say yes. Every time you ask, you're my people. I'll, I'll say yes in front of you and to you guys in front of uh, anybody famous. You're, you're who I am. So I, I love it. Well, we can't wait for your next book to come out. Um, we will be, we'll be uh, on the top of the list to, to buy it and, and read it and then talk about that one too. Um, and, uh, Man, this is this has been good. I really appreciate it. From a military mindset, you guys will love it. Awesome. You will love it. Awesome. I can't wait. I can't wait. Well, uh, guys and gals, um, if you haven't read The Wealthy Gardener, you it, it is a requirement. It is a must. Uh, go read it um, and uh, share this share this episode. Um, you know, tell somebody about this. Uh, like it. Give give John five stars. Uh, David, yeah, maybe one star. And uh, most important most important go fill your storehouse make it a great day friends see ya see ya thanks john thank you guys thanks for listening to filling the storehouse if you enjoyed our show please subscribe and share it with someone you love and if you really felt inspired leave a five-star review so we could continue to grow and help other christian entrepreneurs fill their storehouse if you're interested in creating financial freedom through real estate investing be sure to check out our website at storehouse310turnkey.com We'd love to serve you through our platform of building the kingdom. Just click on the contact link and we'll reply to you as soon as we can. Again, thanks so much for listening. Now go for your storehouse and make it a great day.